Hello and welcome to Latest Night We Stand podcast brought to you in association with Betfred. Betfred opened its first shop in Salford in 1967 and Fred Dawn currently sponsors the Manchester United podcast. It is post-match after an exciting cup game actually and a win for Manchester United against Aston Villa um, to move into the next round. With me I've got James Young and John Ashton. We're going to do half an hour, a bit about tonight's game and also the season so far ahead of the winter break. Um, John, what did you think of tonight? I, I was um, obviously game of two halves really, absolutely shy at first half and the second half it really did come to life. Yeah, at, at half time if I'm being honest I'd have, I'd have let... Um, I want it in my bed. Yeah, I'd, yeah well I'd have, let, I'd have let Fred the Reds fucking half time penalty <laughs> shootout contest decide who went through to Benes with you but um, yeah and then obviously within two minutes of the second half it was one all and I think at one point he was two all while there's only been three shots on target. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a game of, of based on substitutions basically. I think once he made the changes in the second half, um, got Van der Beek off the pitch. Um, sorry to say, another another gutless performance where he's a gone missing. Of them I want to yeah, come well, on every, to, yeah, every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, he made some changes and and yeah, the, the, the game obviously completely shifted. He. he he moved some of our best players to accommodate poor players. I thought tonight, you know, playing Fernandez out on the right, and then once he changed it all around, it completely changed. And yeah, it, it was a good performance. And for me, it was a glimpse of what United are going to look like going forward when you've got them. You know, it's not we don't want to turn it into another slagging Ronaldo fest off. But it, you know, the second half was entertainment that we've not seen <laughs> you will, while anyway. he's on the pitch. Yeah, well, yeah. But it's that that for me is it was the kind of thing I've been using as evidence to to suggest you know that's why I've been saying what I've been saying because you've seen the fluidity up front, you've seen the pace up front, you've seen the movement, and you saw players who just thought looked like they were, you know they were playing for each other, they were they were excited for each other's movement, and um, we created plenty of chances in that second half, and I think it was an exciting signs of things that are to come from that United team. Definitely, James. Yeah, again, I mean, it was a much more entertaining game and I thought, you know, United were on the, the right side of it compared to Sunday where, especially after they went a goal down, they just looked like they were clueless, basically. And then Villa obviously scored again and the, the comeback, I uh, thought, was much stronger this time around and they didn't look like they were just shocked. Like on Sunday, after Villa took the lead, they had another chance, chance of the chance of the chance. United didn't really get touched with the ball, they didn't really create anything and the reaction straight after going a goal behind was a lot more positive and I think... It was frustrating that it needed that. It needed Villa to go ahead for United to basically show up. Uh, and especially them taking the lead again was even more frustrating. But I think after that, it was a, a good performance. And this is what United have missed this season. Um, like I was saying, under Ragnick, we've said this loads of times before, but it reminded me at one point of the Middlesbrough game in the FA Cup where the game dragged on, it was 1-1, it went to penalties, United lost. Whereas again, this season... Uh, in games like this, United have put these these games to bed, and that just wouldn't have happened last season. I think. No, I don't. I definitely don't think we'd have won last year. Mm. Um, I think, I think how many times have we come back from behind this season? Now is that quite the second time? I don't think we did that at all. No, there's, there's been a couple yeah. of occasions. I mean, what you will give them is that this team doesn't give up. It doesn't, you know. It, it, I don't think the manager would allow them to just games to just fizzle mm. out. Um, you know, there was, there was still plenty to talk about there that, that wasn't right today. You know, defending. Yeah. I think Delot was shocking for both goals. To be fair, but. Um, Generally, it was a lot better than weekend um, against pretty much the same Villa side, with arguably a weaker side of ours. But I just think it was the, the, the better spell of the game was that last half an hour, and the difference was for me this week was that Van der Beek and Ronaldo weren't on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I, I suppose we'll go into um, the team now, actually, because I mean I don't like picking up scapegoats, um, especially when the players that fans are, are already on the back, but there's, a, there's a, been a couple of really poor performances on that side again tonight, and not just Donny van der Beek, but I, I was really disappointed with Maguire too. 
Yeah, I thought he started off all right, um, but then the second half set the tone for it. He gave he, he gave a couple of passes away very very easily. Um, that the the whole organisation of the defence for their first goal was was a joke really. It was sort of two two central defenders virtually holding each other's hands, yeah. and then full backs halfway up the pitch. You know, if if your full backs are going to go up, then you at least spread and spread have well, somebody yeah, drop yeah, in. Yeah. You know, it was just very poorly organised. Um, and then yeah, he kind of set the tone, and he started giving the ball away. He looked nervous, and I think it's a mentality thing with Maguire. When he's you know things are going well, he looks confident, and as soon as that confidence goes, he, he goes. I don't think he was the worst player. James, I used to think the um, criticism Maguire of Maguire was quite exaggerated, and the um, I thought his downfall was pretty exaggerated. But how long now has this gone on, and are you starting to become worried that this is just? You know yeah. what Maguire's become. I mean, I was I was desperate for him to score that header just for his own sake and for everyone's confidence. And he's not yeah. going to get a better opportunity than that. To you know, it's a very it was a pretty easy chance. It was a free header, and he just put it straight down the middle of the goal. It was an easy easy save in the end. And I think that's the problem with Maguire. I think the criticism of him has been harsh at times. I don't really think it's been very nice, but. You know, there can only be so many chances before he ends yeah. up like a, a Phil Jones or someone like that, where you know he just ends up playing games for the sake of it. And I think the World Cup might do him some good playing in a, a side in the South guy that fits under his system. But a League Cup tie is the perfect opportunity for him to get his confidence back up and get his spot back in the team. And it's happened too many times now with players in this squad. Van der, Van der Beek's another example. Tonight should have been the chance for him. Yeah. He's had too many now to go, right, this is the player I was at Ajax. This is why I should start. And he didn't do it again. Conversely with Maguire, though, imagine if he makes a mistake that costs England and gets him knocked out of the World Cup. Mm. I mean, that's just going to completely finish him off, isn't it? He's, he's a bit... He just looks a bit... The best thing. He, make he, him a Man United he, legend. He, <laughs> he just looks yeah. a bit hot potato with it, doesn't he? You know, he's, he, looks, he looks cumbersome. He just looks... He doesn't look athletic. He's, I don't know. He just he looks like he looks like a player when you get a thirty-six-year-old centre back who's been out for two years and comes back, and suddenly after half yeah. a game they suddenly go, oh no, you know, like Neville did, like yeah. Lauren Blanc did at one point. You know, and he, I don't know. It is a shame, but I, I don't know. He, he just doesn't. I don't know if it's a confidence thing, but it just doesn't look quite right. And after after watching Martinez for the last few weeks and how he plays, they're absolute polar opposites, aren't they, in terms of aggression? Yeah, definitely. And I, I, you know, I try to watch the game and cut out the noise um, from United supporters and you know all the the bandwagons about you know blaming players and things. But I am starting to get worried now that you know that's that's quite terminal in terms of his form because you know I was looking at some of his passing tonight. I mean, there's one straight into the middle of the pitch in the second half and I'm just thinking where Villa broke you know I'm thinking how is this how has it come to this sort of thing it is a you know he is looking real in really poor form second one really is obviously we've already mentioned and touched on slightly Donny Van, Donny van der Beek because you know I, I mean where do United go with him because he it was like he weren't even it's like he was hiding from the ball first half it, Dubrovka had more successful passes in the first half than yeah. what Van der Beek did. Yeah, now this, this is this is not this isn't like a winger, you know, who's, who's struggling to get in the game or a striker who's not getting. This is just central midfielder, the player who should have more touches of the ball than any other player. I don't know. I just he's just not got it. He's, he's, he doesn't read the game well enough. It bypasses him. He doesn't have the balls to play for United. He looks like he's putting about a stone in weight as well. Um, listen, you know what my thoughts on him? I, I don't understand why. The MEN are probably doing another article right now as we speak to what formation the manager could get the best out of Donny van der Beek. But he's, this is now the fourth manager that we've had with him, the one who sold him to us in the first place, and you know he's still not playing well under him. So How long he did just he needs shipping off. Do you know? You um, must have been a few years. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you know it does seem strange to me how he's coming into Ten Hag and he's, he's hardly played him again. He's, was he injured? 
you know, for the majority I of the game. I think he started, was a little yeah. bit injured, and plus, I think yeah. the manager didn't have perhaps that 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 credit in the bank to be able to risk players like he has done. You know, yeah. for example, I'm pretty sure that if Van der Beek didn't play at Villa on Saturday, we might have got a, a result. He couldn't do that after with the first two games where you've lost games, so he couldn't afford to throw no. him in. He has said that he obviously thinks there's a player in there that he's going to see more of him, but I just don't see it. I think after two years, you're not going to come good as a United player after two years. You know, you might have a good few, a bad start. You might have a, you know, take a while to adjust, but he just doesn't have it. And I think Andy was saying a while back that the coaches were telling him that when he first signed, they said he won't ever be. You know, they looked at him and thought, "What if we just signed here?" Well, even, it, even at Everton last season, he went alone there and did nothing. And that was an opportunity for him to show, right, this is me not in a it's quite the same team as United where I can be a big fish in a small pond, basically. And again, I can't remember a single thing that he ever did there. No, he's um, certainly another worrying player at United at the moment. On to um, better moments, obviously the second half. And there was a lot of um, players off the bench that you know made a really good impact. Uh, most notably, I'd say, Ganacho, uh, maybe just behind Christian Eriksen. Um, I mean, we've, we've, are we right to be getting excited though? I think so. I've, I've watched quite a bit of him in the, in the youth team. We were there for the youth cup final last year when he scored a couple of goals to win us. Um, I think he got about 15 goals for the youth team last year. Um, and he's one of the, obviously one of the younger players. He's not played much for the under 21s. He's literally gone from the youth team to the first team, which is usually a good sign that you've got a player on your hands. Um, there's probably there's still a bit of rawness to him, you know, just having that little bit of composure when you get in a box. He's, his legs sometimes turn to jelly a little bit, but yeah, a very very exciting player. I think the manager's managed him perfectly. You know, he's got rid of those little bad habits that he's had at the start of the season and let him know that no matter how good you are, you, you know, you, you, you we won't tolerate that sort of thing. And you, you know, you have to you have to graft, you have to be disciplined. But um, yeah, I think the manager's doing the right thing, just easing him in, giving him bits of games. Now, the the only thing I would say is that. Arguably, our best attacker in Marcus Rashford keeps getting sort of shunted out of his yeah. best position to accommodate these players. You know, he did it with Sancho, he's done it with Garnacho now as well. Um, Rashford can still do a job in those other positions, but I still think he's our best attacker when he's playing on the left-hand side. But it's a good problem to have having those two players on there. Yeah, I was disappointed to see him on the right on, on um, Sunday. And mo- most importantly as well, I don't think he looked very happy there either. No, he, no. he, he, he looks completely out of sorts. I mean, it's... It's weird the way it's gone with these sort of inside forwards now. Where if you're right-footed, you have to play on the left, and left-footed, you play on the right, etc. But he's definitely at his devastating best when he cuts in. He's offers more of a goal for it as well, coming from the left, even more than he does from up front. Um, I thought Rashford was brilliant again today. Yeah, um, some great attitude as well. I mean, even when we were behind and our backs to the wall a bit, his running was fantastic tonight, um, making lots of runs. I know he was offside a lot, which was really frustrating first half, but he never gave in, and I, I thought that was great too. James, what about you um, with Ganacho? Um, how we, you know, I, I saw that that um, moment when he ran down the wing second half. I think it was um, a break that he kept in play, and then he really ran at the defender into inside the box and. I thought that was really exciting. I mean, even got bloody, probably even got Bloomy off his seat that one. No, he's, he's got that rawness about him, similar to sort of when Rashford first came through and Yana's eye when he used to take players on and just run at them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's great about him. And the other thing that uh, he did as well, there was that really great touch. Fernandez played that pass over to him. He just traps it on his foot like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw and that, yeah. He's obviously still quite raw. There was that chance where he took on a few players and didn't really know how to finish it. But United have got a play there and again last season they went to most of the, the Youth Cup games um, and he was just brilliant again like he's got that sort of burst of pace that United have lacked and I just hope he doesn't turn into one of those players like a, a Yanazai where for ages players like Yanazai they get the ball and run down the wing and they take players on 
but then all of a sudden they just stop and pass it sideways. And I think, it, you know. I think half the problem there will be that obviously now everyone will start sniffing around him. Yeah. We'll tie him down with an 80 grand a week, five year contract, an 18 year old, and he'll be wrapping Ferraris up within a month. You know, that's that's the problem. Well, that's the problem you have, don't you? You know, it, it depends whether they, they, they want that desire to be a top player or just to have made it in terms of the status and the fame and the, the money. Um, but he's definitely got something there. The Argentinians usually, um, you know, don't have that sort of same sort of perhaps lax attitude that some of our youngsters do so yeah yeah the future's very bright for him I think he's got the right manager I think as well to, to sort of guide him through it as well and, and sort of ease him in gently and keep him out of the spotlight yeah just want to touch on Christian Eriksen as well because I thought he was fantastic when he came on strangely on Sunday um, I was a bit concerned about him playing next to Casemiro because I think away from home we might need a bit more protection than Christian Eriksen playing there I thought the actual thing with Fernandez being out was the perfect example to move him up and perhaps bring a yeah. Fred in. Um, but I have to say, he really did change the match tonight with some very clever passing as well. He's just such a class, isn't yeah, he? You know, yeah. the, the game looks the game looks like it. He's played at his own pace. You know, for ages we've said we, we lack that sort of midfielder who can find space, put you know, put a foot on the ball and and control the game. So he does that really, really well. The only thing you perhaps say that we have missed from him a little bit, and maybe it's just the fact that he's getting a bit older in his career and he has dropped a bit deeper, is we've not seen perhaps that goal threat from him. That you know he's a 10-15 goals a season man, and and we've not had a goal from him yet. But I, I like how him and him and Fernandez have a bit of an understanding as well. I think I think they both link up really well together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great great signing. Um, yeah, not absolutely nothing. But great professional, great player, um, and, and surely somebody that a lot of them younger players can learn from. Yeah, so it was a cup tie tonight. Pretty decent atmosphere actually. I was standing on um, outside K stand before the game for a good half an hour or so. How was it selling? I noticed um, a lot of balloons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. the thing with Aston Villa is you've kind of forgot that they're probably the diviest crowd <laughs> in the entire league. Um, they've, they've suddenly won a couple of games. Um, they were all over the radio again last week. Oh, back this manager and we'll win the Champions League. <laughs> like, fuck off. <laughs> so yeah, the same shit when you're outside there before. They was singing the usual songs about rapists and yeah, things like yeah, that, yeah. and Manchester being a shithole, which fucking my irony meter nearly exploded. Um, I always find me whenever we be- these two teams that we beat and they just don't disperse from the ground um, and don't stop giving you shit. And it's Newcastle and Villa. You know, whenever you beat them, they just the fans are just so annoying. West Ham you know, as well. Yeah, it's just I don't know why they're so. Um, you just think with that they voice, can't just go home. you think with that voice, or they just keep it down a little bit, you know, as well. Yeah. You just think to yourself, just just pipe it down a little bit. I don't know, they, they can't. You could tell the Beatles, couldn't you, that weekend, and they've got very very overexcited. Um, they brought a good good crowd in fairness with them. The first I mean, goal was they very bring... funny because yeah. it went yeah. in and then literally United equalised straight after, and it's like, well, let's fucking shut them straight up. Like it was great. <laughs> no, I, I, how many did they bring, I John? They brought about eight thousand, I think. Eight thousand, pretty much yeah. all yeah. tier two, didn't it? Tier the lower tier, and then a bit of tier two. Yeah, it's pretty impressive for a midweek cup game, really. That. Okay, so moving on, um, we're in the next round of the League Cup now. What round are we in now? Does that go to the quarterfinal now? Four. Last sixteen. Last sixteen. Okay, so. When when that when is that played? That's not before the I, next I league game, I, is it? I think the last sixteen game is might be before before the next league game, like yeah, after the like 20, after the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. I think yeah. it is just before Christmas. Now that, that we're in it, yeah. So I think yeah. that it would be our next game after after the World Cup. Yeah. Um, and there's some well, big teams out. on the weekend. We've got Fulham this yeah, week. Yeah, Fulham this weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I think the League Cup is at the next game after the after the World Cup because obviously we we penciled Forest in, but we'll see see who we get. But I mean, there were some big casualties last night. Arsenal, 
um, Chelsea yeah, and Spurs out, yeah, yeah, yeah. West Ham out as well. And just no, I was noting as well the crowds last night. Like there was absolutely nothing in comparison to Old Trafford tonight. I think you was looking at another 72, 73,000 um, crowd again. Not sure of the exact number. I don't. Yeah, know, it was don't 72. Know. I think 72. I mean, it was, yeah. it was sold yeah. out on United's website. Yeah, I, was yeah. a, I was a little surprised he went with quite a strong team. In fairness, because obviously we've got. I think maybe had we not drawn Barcelona in the next round of the Europa League, maybe he might have gone with something a bit weaker. Um, but you know, we've not even got weekends to be able to fit in those uh, weekdays to fit in those two reschedule fixtures. You know, if you go find the League Cup, um, it's going to be quite a congested schedule. But um, yeah, I think drawing Barcelona in Europa League has probably forced his hand a little bit. That you know, potentially you don't want to be going out of two cup competitions um, so early on. No, and you know, one of his his, his priority this year has got to be a cup as well, and it doesn't matter what. You'd have thought so. Yeah, just get your hands on something. Yeah. Yeah. But depends on United getting the FA Cup as well. If if we get a, a Chelsea or a Liverpool in the third round, then all of a sudden, you know, you just yeah. Just, you know, I mean, like last season, we lost to West Ham, and then Middlesbrough in the FA Cup, and before you know it, the season's over by yeah. March. Yeah, I saw um, somebody talking on the telly today about players, perhaps you know not going full throttle. But I was really impressed with United's, yeah, especially their internationals. Actually, tonight there doesn't seem to be any of that at Old Trafford. No, no, you couldn't fault them at all. Um, I Rashford thought they all, they all, they all, Bruno, yeah, they all definitely put a foot yeah. in. Um, yeah, I, I, it might change a little bit on Sunday, but yeah, no, I mean that's. You'd think a professional footballer would think like that, wouldn't you? Um, no, but do you not think actually if you don't go full throttle, you're more likely to get injured? Because if you don't commit yourself fully, then there's, there's more sort of error there. There's a train of thought to that, yeah, yeah but um, I, I, I heard something about Mitrovic perhaps being rested for Fulham against us on Sunday, and it did make me wonder, you know, I, I don't... Um, I think it's different though for, yeah. for players like Mitrovic, because Serbia are a bit of a, a smaller country, it means more for him to play for them. Than it would for someone like a Sancho or someone like that to play for England. I don't think it's quite the same. Yeah, it was. Um, so we've got Fulham on Sunday. Tough game. What? Yeah, it is a tough game. But I, I'm wondering, you know, um, the, did that City defeat might have took something out of them? Because that must have been a right signal in the last minute. Yeah, and it was it was it was harsh as well, wasn't it? It was never a penalty. Um, yeah, so it must be a little bit of a signal for them. But I think they'll have a goal, don't they? You know, fair play to them. You know, teams they come up. And they think that they've got to, you know, sit back and defend and play for 17th. As always, you've got this league of, you know, mass brilliant teams. Um, and the truth is that if you're any good, you can probably finish top half. Um, no fair play. They've been good to watch when they've played this season. I think it'll be a tough game. If, if you get there and just get three points, it's, it's going to be a good result. Yeah, and I think if we do get three points from that match, I'll be very content with the first half of the season, I think. I don't, I don't reckon I could have expected United to break into more of a um, sort of winning streak as they did after Brentford um, and also I think that you know we're nicely placed for fourth because some of the teams below us Chelsea and Liverpool they don't look as at it as us do they? Yeah I don't other than sitting and maybe Arsenal to an extent just because of the points tally they've got and obviously they were very impressive against Chelsea at weekend but other than that you don't look at the others and think you're better than us certainly not you think Liverpool might come good at some point if they get everybody back fit and playing well um, but certainly Chelsea and Tottenham I don't think are any better than us you know Newcastle are arguably a bigger threat than, than what they are at the minute um, but yeah no I, I agree to an extent I think I think you can, you can see what he's trying to build um, my only issue would be that again completely keep trying to shoe on in Cristiano Ronaldo into the team I think he's, he's still setting us back um, the problem we've got at the minute and you've you see, you seen it at Villa again at weekend that the problem United have at the minute is Defensively, we've been probably pretty good in 80-90% of the games. When we have a bad game defensively, I don't think we have 
the attacking players to pull us out of the shit defensively. If we defend badly, we're going to lose the game. Did you know that Google currently owns 92% of the global search engine market? This means almost everyone who's looking for a product or a service is Googling it. If you have a business, physical or online, it's critical for you to have presence on Google search. But doing your own Google ads is complicated, confusing, can take up to 20 hours a week to do it effectively. Paying someone's not an option because it's too expensive, so that leaves you as a business owner in a bit of a pickle. But don't stress, this is the exact problem that AdBot solves. AdBot does your Google ads for you. AdBot does this using AI and machine learning, which takes over the day-to-day management of running your Google ads campaigns. It's like outsourcing your Google ads to a bot. Because the bots work 24-7, seven days a week, your performance is 100% more effective than doing it yourself or getting someone to do it for you. Stephen Bartlett once said, being selective about how you spend your time is a sign of self-respect. So don't waste your time doing Google Ads admin. Your time is better spent focusing on what will grow your business. Some features and benefits about the AdBot product is, well, you can automate your Google Ads in under 10 minutes. It's like your Google Ads is on autopilot. You spend less than... 30 minutes a week, ranking searches to help your bot learn. It saves you up to 75 hours a month. It's easy to use. Anyone can do it. You don't have to be an expert at Google Ads, digital marketing, or even advertising. Your grandma could do it. Your ad book works all the time. It's 100% more effective than you doing it or someone doing it for you. And we're a trusted Google certified partner. So outsource your Google Ads to a bot. Why is it great? Well, Small, medium businesses don't have the time to sit there and figure it all out. The AdBot fee consists of two parts. A platform fee is just £7, $9 for the cheapest plan. And whatever you want to spend on Google Ads, that's the media fee. So we're offering United We Stand listeners an exclusive three months with no platform service. So this is for our customers only for the cost of Google Ads. You can decide your own spend and the promo applies to that you can go to www.myadbot.com that's m-y-a-d-b-o-t.com and the promotional code is united you're not going to forget that one so go to myadbot.com and look at the promotional code which is united have a look at it we think that it can work for you adbots automation Gets you the highest click-through rate for the lowest cost per click on small budgets and is 100% more effective than a human. No, um, that and I think well. that's a problem, a little bit of a problem at the minute. Yeah. Um, but no, I, generally, you can see what he's trying to build. You can see certain players, you know, developing. You can see them, you know, growing into the roles. You know, Casemiro's got better and better every week. Um, Rashford's getting better and better every week. You know, Fernandez looks somewhere near back to his best. Ericsson's come good. So there's a, there's a good platform to build there. Like I said, I just think the, the worry is still a little bit, maybe at right back and just scoring goals. He's played a lot of games a lot as well, mm. which is, um, you know, far from ideal because he's also one going to the World Cup. He's not one that's going to get a break either. So, yeah, I mean, with, with regards to the forwards, we have got a huge issue there because we can't lose Ronaldo and not buy anyone, I don't think. I don't, I don't know if they're looking at um, the lad from PSV, Gakpo. 
Oh, he's not going to guarantee you 20 goals a season, is he? He's, he's still more a, of a you know, winger as well. Yeah. But... So it's, sim- it's a similar sort of signing to Anthony. He's a good player. Yeah. But it's like, you need, United need someone like a Cavani who's ideally a bit younger, but he's got a proven track record that he's going to bring goals. There's no point in not signing someone like that. That's the difficult no, problem you've got no, at the minute. And, and the problem you can have is having them sort of forwards is you can, you can lose what the manager's trying to build in terms of mm-hmm. the way his style of football is. You know, you look at Liverpool this year, and I think Liverpool have suffered from swapping Mane for... Um, the Uruguayan kid just because they've completely had to change the way they're playing Mm. and it it can it can impact you know and and for how long did we say last year when people said oh you know where would you be without Ronaldo's goals and you're going well probably like we were the year before with everybody else chipping in with the goals so I'm not so much worried in a sense that we need a a centre forward but we just need someone up there who who, who can score a few goals I mean Martial ideally I think you know he only scored four goals already this season he's only started a couple of games um, but you can't obviously rely on him fitness-wise. But you need someone up there who can score some goals, but also isn't inhibiting all the other players around him. In a sense, so that because so you need you need Fernandez, you need Rashford, you need a striker, you need a right winger, you need them all to be chipping in with 15, 20 goals. Um, you know, you, you don't necessarily need a 30 goal season striker. You need someone up there who's going to score goals, who's going to link play as well, and get them amongst the goals as well. That's why I found um, Berbatov really frustrating because he'd score loads of goals, but he'd just slow the, the game down basically, and especially in that team. Similar, I mean, it's not the same as when you had Ronaldo, Rooney, and Tevez all playing as the three together. But if you're playing that high intensity style, it's difficult to have someone down the middle who can also join in with that, but also score loads of goals. It's like it's almost impossible to find someone like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in an ideal world, you want yeah. a Rooney, don't you, or a Tevez type player? But again, it's easier said than done. A, a striker who's going to score you 25 goals a season, but also be a brilliant all-round footballer as well. Bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's difficult to find. So. It's, well, yeah. again, that, that's not our job. And as well, it's not just difficult to find them normally. It's also in January, which is mm. you know even worse. It's a, a terrible market. I do wonder if this January will be a, be a, a little different in the sense that the World Cups happened. You could get a bit of World Cup you bounce. Could get, you get yeah. a lot of Carol Pobalski's bouncing yeah, around. You and could stuff, get but. a bit more movement this Who's year. Who's that uh, Danish fellow that Arsenal signed after the, they won the Euros that time when he scored like two goals for them? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Danish fellow, Bentner. No, we, <laughs> after Euro ninety, was it Euro ninety two and I? Oh, John yeah, Jensen. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, okay, moving on. Um, so the season then, uh, what, are, you, are you optimistic we can win a cup? Are you optimistic we can finish top four? I thought I don't think um, any of us are going to be making wild predictions about a league title, but you know. Do you know what? I think you've just hit the nail on the head there. I think you want to you want to make sure you get in that top four, so you've got the Champions League to build on next year and perhaps bring some extra players in. Um, you want to just see the team keep progressing, the manager, you know, continuing to rule with a bit of an iron fist and making sure that nobody gets away with slacking, um, which I thought they kind of did a little bit maybe at weekend. Um, but yeah, the the aim would be if you if you get top form, win win a cup. But it won't be easy, you know. People people go on about trophies, but you know, you got the league cup's going to be difficult. City still seem to play strong teams in it every year, and Liverpool seem to scrape the way through to to the later round. So that one won't be easy. Again, the FA Cups, like James just said, you you look at the draw, and the Europa League, you know, just getting through past Barcelona in itself is going to be a, a challenge. But then there's, there's some good sides after that. So I won't take anything for granted, but I think you just want to be top four. And be in the mix when it comes to the trophies. Um, I think I'm glad about that Barcelona tie. I think it, it could be a really good time to test ourselves against a team like that. Yeah, because 
you, I know I know we have the the um, domestic games and everything like that, but it'd be really good experience to play a team like Barcelona and at the right time as well. You know, I wouldn't like to have met them in the group stages of this. They're not the side they were though either. Are they? No, you know, we no. shouldn't. I don't think there's anything we should be particularly. Think of the bounce, so they're still a big name, aren't they? Of course, you know. Yeah. So well, the last time United yeah. played a, a team as big as them probably was them in the Champions League. When you yeah. think about it, because United have been in the Europa League for a few seasons. Yeah. Never really, well, under Solskjaer they played Ballad and they played, it wasn't really the same though because it was behind closed doors. So I think for some of these players as well that are, that are in this squad that have, that have joined over the summer and from other teams, I don't think they've really had that experience in terms of playing for, it's one thing playing for Ajax in the Champions League when you, there's not really that pressure on top of you. But when you're with United, it, it's, you know, that's invaluable. That, that I think experience. we could get a really big lift from that, mm. um, you know, if we can get through them. And it is a really good team to play at a good time, I think. And I'm glad we've, I'm glad we're good, we've got that. Obviously, we could do without the extra fixtures, especially with. But it's one of them, you know, people, so people going about being a tough draw. But would you rather play them or would you rather stumble through the next couple of rounds mm. playing Locomotive Moscow or some of the, you know, games yeah. you just don't remember and then get beat up from in the semi final? Yeah. You might as well play them now, beat them, have a glamour tie, something to look forward to, or lose, yeah. you know, and go out now. There's no point going all the way to the semi finals playing teams against Turkeys from all over Eastern Europe that you don't remember, games you can't be asked coming to. My dad you don't get them out of the way. Yeah, my dad had convinced himself it was a fix. Like, yeah. first thing he texted me here, but. <laughs> well, it's weird because you've got things like that. Like, I'd, I've got a mate who's a Forest fan, and he said straight away, oh, well, uh, Fulham, uh, obviously, City did get that penalty because the, the big six clubs always always get decisions their way. And he wasn't, like, taking the piss. He genuinely thought oh, that. Oh, no. Like, yeah. I definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, World Cup there now, you're consuming it, John. <laughs> Well, look, as somebody who works from home, so I'll have a bit of background whilst, whilst making Britain great again. I'll be watching all four games every single day. How does it um, feel, though? Because, I mean, it, it, it's, I, I'm struggling. I mean, I only found out today that England have got USA in the group, for example. I've just not looked yeah. into it at all. It's the least asked yeah, I've ever yeah. been about a World Cup, but it's still better than watching Holmes under the hammer, isn't it? It's yeah. 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, it's farcical. It's ridiculous. It's everything that's wrong with football. Um, but like everything that, that does go wrong with football... We still end up going watching it, don't we? I'm just wondering how they're going to fill those those grounds, mate. That's the big one because, you know, I was listening to something on Five Live about the England Supporters Federation, and they were talking about, you know, a match in Doha, for example, where there was absolutely minimal transport. I don't think there was any transport after the game, unless you booked a private car or whatever. And there were two fan zones at the ground that were charging twenty two pound a beer at each end. I mean, who who's going to this? It should, I mean, apparently yeah. England have sold out, or near to sold right. out most of the tickets, yeah, but um, again, like I said, if you've got the money, you know, if you want to waste it doing that, watching football like that, then, then you know, go and do it. But um, no, it's not for me, like I said, I'll, I'll, we, we've never been the biggest sort of advocates of international football anyway, as we have United fans, but um, no, it, it's, it's the bigger thing is just the inconvenience of it all, watching a World Cup with your Christmas tree up and... You know, and just not being able to go to the match the at this time. Got, yeah. You've got work Christmas parties in the pub at the same time. The thing that I like about watching the World Cup is you're in the beer garden, it's outside, the weather's nice. It just all feels wrong. And like, I pissed off everyone today at uni. They were like, oh, where are you watching the England games? I'm like, I don't support England. And they were like, oh, you've been stuck off. I'm like, no, I'm just not asked. <laughs> I don't care. And they're just like, they just didn't understand it at all. They were like, oh, where are you, where are you watching the games? I'm like, probably in my flat on my own. I mean, right. I, I, yeah, like John said, I wouldn't consider myself, you know, a huge England fan. Um, but, I, I, you know, I watch it, um, take an interest. I've, I've probably got behind England in a couple of tournaments more than others, 
depending on the current um, circumstances and teams. Lost, but it's not yeah, yeah. No, yeah. see, I want them to do well, but not win it. Because if the, 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 the actual, like, do you remember the Euro final, right? If they'd actually won that, the nationalism and jingoism and fucking St. George shagging that would go with it would just be the most insufferable thing ever. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> no, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, it is going to be a difficult tournament to watch and it is a bit alien for me. I, I've not even, like, by this time, I've probably arranged a couple of nights out with my friends, uh, maybe looking at the kickoff times of games, but I genuinely couldn't even tell you when the first match is and that, that says a lot in my eyes. Qatar versus Ecuador. I mean, who's watching that? Oh, I meant... I mean, no, but I mean, even yeah. that, like... Yeah. Normally, the first game of a major tournament, there's a bit of a buzz about it. It's like the host country, you know, there's, there's pressure on them. Qatar... I mean, come on! I know it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it should be. Should be. Um, won't be one I'll be watching anyway. Okay. You know how they got on. Got some working. Okay. No. Cheers to everybody that bought the mag today. It was the third day, and it was the last game on sale of this magazine. We have got one out next month. Um, that won't be sold at any games. Except, yeah, except for maybe the Forest game, yeah. Andy did mention that um, there's a women's game, a women's game as well that um, we've sold about forty thousand for, I think, at Old Trafford. So we may have someone at that. We're not sure um, how that will go down. So we'll see how we'll how many we'll sell it so, uh, with that type of crowd. But we'll, we'll you know we'll have a look into that. Um, but yeah, cheers to everybody that bought it. Thanks to everybody that's bought it all season. Um, thanks to everybody that's listened to the podcast all season a, a lot of work does go into the creating the mag um, so we do appreciate you parting with your £3 on a, um, a regular basis we'll be back after the either the League Cup game if we are drawn at home or Nottingham Forest on the 27th of December I think that's a is that an 8 o'clock kick off now fortunately it's been jacked by the TV yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's an it is an Amazon on that, and then uh, I think Ball must be moved as well, and it on the third of January as well. Past eight and thirty seconds kick off time. <laughs> yeah, I think Bournemouth on the third of January has been moved as well, which is um, so yeah, that's a bit miserable around Christmas two night games, but you know we'll get on with it. Thanks to everybody and have a good night. Cheers.